Welcome to the Tub Talk Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Donovan Place, and I'm joined here, always, by Ben and Colin. Boys, how are you doing? Good. I'm doing great. I'm ready to talk some, some trade deadline baseball. I know you have a lot to say. Obviously, we, we knew that was going to happen when we did the predictions last week, but I'm ready because there were some good ones, especially some ones we, we didn't see coming and didn't predict. This is our first episode of August. Um, we're about to start our new school year. Uh, good. There, it's, it's, there's good and bad to that. Um, a little sad. Summer's coming to an end, but we all have very exciting years coming up. Uh, our season two of our podcast is about to start. That's going to be a lot of fun. And the streams, Twitch streams, are going to be coming soon as well. Uh, anything else we should add? No, I mean... Uh, we're, we, we've been doing a lot more on social media, so that's... Yeah, that's we, yeah. check out our Twitter, at Tub Talk Sports. Um, and we're, we just made a TikTok with the same username. Uh, we're going to figure out stuff to upload on there as well. Also, check out the timestamps in the description if you want to skip around a little bit, whatever. Uh, we're showing like what time we talk about different stuff. Check that out. We're going to be doing our free agency, our trade deadline, and our two-minute drill. So I'm fired up. All right, let's get it started. Um, overall thoughts on the MLB trade deadline? I mean, it was cool this year because – I mean, I, I know it happens in most years, but it felt like this year it was even more prolonged than normal. I mean, we saw trades throughout the whole entire week. I mean, the Adam Frazier one, that was one of the biggest moving pieces, and that took place on Sunday when the deadline was on fr- on Friday. So yeah. it felt like it lasted the whole week. I would have to go back and compare it to the previous years, but it just felt like it was more stretched out. I mean, the Reds made trades on, I believe, like Tuesday and Wednesday. There's plenty of teams that I'm forgetting that I know made trades in the middle of the week. Oh, yeah. And then it all just culminated with the best day, obviously, on Friday. So it was it was, it was was cool to watch. I mean, uh, the best day is debatable. I mean, best day in terms of movement. Maybe not best day for Cubs fan, but it was fun to watch. I was, I was, I was on a plane, so I was on the the. I mean, Southwest is the TV, so I had ESPN on the whole time watching their their special. It it, it made the flight go by fast because there was so much going on. Yeah, but I've never seen a trade deadline with this much movement. It yeah. felt like, I mean, we usually see a lot of movement with the NBA. We've been seeing more with NFL in recent years, and now the MLB as well. I absolutely love it. All the contenders are going in. And I think there was one trade that all just absolutely shocked us. Um, and it didn't even happen on Friday. Yeah. I would, I would assume you're, you're, you're talking about the Max Scherzer yeah. and Trey Turner deal. And I think the craziest part about it is they were originally saying Padres very close to completing this deal for Max Scherzer. And all of a sudden, the big brother Dodgers swoop in steal him and then somehow add Trey Turner to it that would be how so, the hell did they pull this off so painful as a Padres fan let me just say that because the Padres it seems like since the beginning I guess you can go back to the last couple off seasons if you're talking about Hosmer Machado but really going back to last off season, the Padres have been making so many moves acquiring pitchers Musgrove Mike Clevenger who's had Tommy John hitters as well to bulk up their roster and then it's at the same time like the Dodgers who are just so hungry to win again just seemed to one-up them every single time. It's just like, in any other division for the Padres, they'd be buying their way to a division title. And I'm not even talking about the Giants, who have a better record than them as well. But it's like, for the Padres, especially fans, be like, 
man, I love that we're going for a win and getting all these great players. But it would just suck to just, especially after this, have these two great players just stolen away from you and going to your division rival. I'll be interesting to see what the Dodgers do. Um, when they went out and got a guy, I, the Scherzer trade's obviously big, but I was actually more shocked about the Trey Turner aspect. Yeah. Mostly because Trey Turner's shortstop, Corey Seager's shortstop, both are free agents at the end of the year. And the Dodgers gave up a ton to get those guys. Uh, Josiah Gray and Donovan Casey were the two big prospects in that deal. And Josiah Gray, it looks to be a – he struggled a little bit this year in the pen for the Dodgers, but he appears to be a stud. And then Donovan Casey's just a guy that has a sweet left-handed swing in double-A, plays a corner outfield. He's going to – I really like that prospect uh, myself, but – it's it's very interesting. I t- when when the Dodgers went out and got Trey Turner, it makes me think that they may want to keep a guy like Turner and maybe let a guy like Corey Seager walk. It's weird to me because I've always been a really big Corey Seager fan. I mean, we know he was fantastic in the postseason. Oh, last we talked year. about that a yeah. lot. I've been a huge Corey Seager guy, and yet just for the past couple of years, it never seems like the Dodgers are fully in on him. I know he's had an injury history. He had the injury a couple years ago that caused him to get Machado for that playoff run. Yeah. But I feel like if they were really in on this guy and really believed him to be the shortstop of the future, they would have signed him before this season. And I think now with Trey Turner, who as much as I love Corey Seager, Trey Turner is the better shortstop. And I think they still like Gavin Lux potentially at second base. It's like it just signs are pointing to letting Corey Seager walk, which I think he'll get a nice contract because – especially from teams that need a shortstop when he is on the field he's he he brings a lot to the table and he's someone i think if you don't already have an elite shortstop this should be a guy you should totally look at adding because i think he's he's one of the best i think when i see top five shortstop conversations he may not be in it but he's a guy that always comes to my mind in that five range mm-hmm. i think he's a guy that that is constantly overlooked and he he, he gets nowhere near the hype of some of the top shortstops but if you look at his numbers, he's he's a really quality one for sure. I have a lot of respect for these organizations that when they're when they see their window, and I mean I know they just won it last year, but same point as when you have this championship window, an organization that's just willing to put all the chips in the middle of the table, go all in, um, and get those big names. I got a lot of respect for that. Um and uh, major props to the Dodgers for an office to be able to pull that off. But you guys like, I mean, the Nationals also decided to deal Schwarber. Do you like them hitting the reset button? You think that was a good move? I think I think they needed to Schwarber. Schwarber's, you know, from being a Cub fan, he's a very streaky hitter, and we probably saw. I mean, he was on the greatest stretch in MLB history, hitting home runs, <laughs> most home runs in a seventy-five at bat span. Um, so, I mean, you get what you can. I, I don't know what they got from him off the top of my head, but I mean, they definitely sold high on him. It's what you're supposed to do. Um, I think it'll be an interesting fit for the Red Sox. Uh, I, I guess he's going to play left field. For- Either that, I, some people were floating first base. I think people under, undervalue how hard it is to play first base and especially for guys who never played there in his career to think he's just going to pick that up in one day. Right. In in terms of the Nationals, it was 100% time to hit the reset button. I know they were in it for a little bit in like June when Schwer was on the run. They were kind of closing the gap, and then obviously injuries happened. 
So obviously, Schwerber, especially on a one-year deal, sell high on him, get value in return for him, especially from a contending team like Boston. Scherzer, as much as he was the guy in Washington, one of the greatest free agent signings ever. I think oh, that's easily. Yeah. And you had to sell high. You had to sell on him because he's he's older. He's you don't know how many years he has left, and he's probably not going to still be good the next time they're contending. So have to sell high on him. I don't love the Trey Turner. I mean, I think that guy's still young enough and a franchise cornerstone that you can still would have built because they're not going to sell high on Juan Soto and he's only a couple years younger than Trey Turner. So I think you still could have built around Turner and Soto for your next contending team. I mean, do they still, maybe they, do you think they still could have gotten Josiah Gray for just Scherzer alone? Um, I I think so. I, I, I would have been inclined to do that. I, I think, I think the Nationals also like the, the Donovan Casey because I think I Donovan, so. Donovan Casey I think I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think he's a higher rated prospect than Josiah. Gray. Yeah, no, I know. I, I I understand. I just I I I would have to see what the offers were for just Scherzer alone, and I know I don't know what Trey Turner wanted in a contract extension. It's just like two at the top of your lineup for the next decade. Trey Turner, and Juan Soto. That just seems super appealing to me. And even if you rebuild for four years, if you sign those guys long term, which maybe they didn't want to, but if you do. By the time they get some more pitching, Steven Strasburg is ever healthy. I I just I would have done everything to not move Trey Turner, but I I agree with moving. They even moved some other guys with like Josh Harrison. There are a couple others that I was forgetting. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I agree with I agree with all the moves with the older one year deal guys, just not Trey Turner. Yeah. I feel like there's an elephant in the room right now. Um, Colin, I'm not sure what you're talking about. You want to maybe elaborate on we that? We had a couple crosstown trades. Donovan's a Cubs fan. I'm a Sox fan. They made not one but two trades this uh past week or so. Um, the last time they made a deal was the whole Iwo Jimenez Dylan Cease for Jose Quintana. That one was a little lopsided. This one I think has a chance to be. Very beneficial for both sides, both trades. Um, and that the first one was a little bit smaller. It was Ryan Tapera for uh, Bailey Horn. Guy I like. Yeah, I like him as well, but I don't mind giving him up for a much-needed reliever. And then the second one was a little bit bigger. Some bigger names. White Sox acquired Keg- Craig Kimbrell, Dirty Craig, for Nikki Two Strikes and Cody Hoyer. Now that's that's a lot to give up, but you're doing so for a dude with a point four nine ERA who hasn't given up a run in twenty six some appearances for a bullpen that's been struggling. So you now have may arguably the two best closers in the game, and the Cubs are able to since they went all in, they're able to acquire a a guy who's already in the major leagues, who's already proven that he's a quality player. Very bright future and Cody Hoyer, who has a really nice arm. Oh yeah, I so I think it's obvious what the Cubs are doing. My fear for what the Cubs are doing is that they're overcorrecting. So yeah. the thing that was killing the Cubs was that they got a lot of guys who could slug, and you know they'd have hot months. I mean, consistently the Cubs are always through this entire run. They were always the hottest team in June, late May, early July. They were always that hottest team. It's just towards the late in the year, their slugging kind of went down. They started striking out like more. I mean, Bryant, Baez, Schwarber, Rizzo, Contreras. I mean, you name it. They had a ton of sluggers. 
now not enough we, high on base. And not enough high on base. Now we you add in Nick Madrigal, who is a high, very high average hitter. Nico Horner, when healthy, that's been his, his biggest struggle. But so far, he's hitting like, I think his average is like 290. Yeah. Career in the big league, somewhere around there. Um, Very good. You know, a couple other guys we got in trades. Uh, The big one, Pete Crow Armstrong from yeah. the Mets. He's a very, you know, another high average hitter. Uh, Brennan Davis, he's hitting, I mean, 280 and double A. So, I mean, take what you can. I, we're, I'm not opposed to that strategy, but I mean, we even saw it with like the Cardinals last year where they had some solid hitters, but they just had no pop in their yeah. lineup. They didn't hit any home runs. This is definitely one of the closest teams I've followed in terms of trade deadline in, in a while. Because obviously we're, we live here. It was one of the biggest sell-offs in a while. But it, that being said, this is one of like the easiest plans to see that oh, yeah. I have. Could, it was it was so clear what Jed Hoyer was doing. It's like I've had enough of the home runner strikeout. I want guys who hit the ball on a line. I'm gonna put it in play, and you have a you have a potential like top top of the lineup of Horner, Madrigal, Pico, Armstrong, where it's like they may each hit 12 home runs a year, but also hit 315 with an on base at 340. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of singles and doubles, which is fine. I totally get the fear, though, of, of overcorrecting. I don't think – you don't want to be too much home run. Like, I, I, the Yankees at, this, at some right. point this year have been too much home run. And the Cubs, like you said, at some point are too much home run. So I, it's, this is a thing where it's like, okay, maybe you develop these guys and then in a year or two go out and speed it up by signing a few big right. – a couple home run hitters, guys that hit maybe 270 with 30 bombs if – if those guys are out there, I don't know who's free agents, yeah. but um, real quick, I think for a guy at at this time a year ago, we were saying this Craig Kimbrell guy, he he doesn't have it. This could, could this guy get DFA'd? I mean, like he can't oh, pitch. Yeah. And to now, what a turnaround! Get out of him. I believe right now, obviously we don't know because the other guys are prospects. So right now, it looks like the best return on paper over oh, yeah. a future MVP and Rookie of the Year. That's absolutely insane. And good for Craig Kimbrell because he's going to keep dominating over on the other side of town. I think Tapera, good to sell high on the Cubs. I I don't know if he's an elite reliever. I mean, he's had a no. little bit of struggles recently, but it's it's like low risk for the White Sox and potential high reward. It's it's low risk, high reward for both It's sides. better than throwing Jose Ruiz yeah. in a playoff game, you know? <laughs> and if if you're the White Sox, if, if you play your cards right and your rotation pitches well – you're not going to use Ryan Tapero a lot. You can go to just – in the pecking order, you're going to have uh, – you're going to have your two clothes at the top and then Kopech uh, right after. And then you can use Crochet in some situations as well. Tapera, Bummer. Tapera is one of the – like, you might not even have to use Tapera unless you're down five or up five in seventh. So yeah. it's it's much added insurance. And it's, like like I said, not a whole lot to add there. But for sure – if if you're the White Sox, you're looking at it as going all in, like you talked about with other teams like the Dodgers, Colin. And if you're the Cubs, yep. this is your starting second base with the future starting April 2022. Yeah. I, for the past few years, I could not wait for the downfall of the Cubs. Uh, but, however, uh, however, it was re- – I thought it was sad to see all these guys go. Like, seeing the the Rizzo hanging out in the, the dugout or whatever, saying goodbye to Wrigley – and Chris Bryant looking all sad a couple of days before. It was sad. I didn't I didn't like to see it. I mean, I, I like that the Cubs aren't good anymore, but like the players, I I really feel for them. I feel for the fan base. It's tough to see guys like that 
that you love so much that you hang on to like that to see them just go elsewhere all of them at the same time uh even Javi Baez as much as he's annoyed me it it kind of stinks to see him go you know yeah I was it's, it's it winning the championship is obviously the hardest thing you can do in sports and you can make the argument winning a championship for the most notorious losing franchise in all of sports history was one of the most hardest feats. Yeah. And to do it with such a young core of, you know, Brian, I mean, yeah, homegrown Brian, guys Brian like won that. the MVP and the, uh, the year they won the World Series and won the rookie of the year before. It, just such a young core to do so. And, you know, everything after that, they were just critiqued so hard. Yes, they fell apart in September every time. But, I mean, you look back at this core, when they all played together and they were all healthy and doing this right thing, seven playoff appearances in the eight years, three straight National League championship appearances, and obviously won a World Series. It, It was one, they did their job. Would you have liked them to go out and win more championships? Yes, of course, obviously. Um, but it was it's it's one of the hardest things in sports. You run into you know multiple dynasties going at the same time. You run into the Dodgers. You ran into the Mets. Yada yada yada. It it, it the it good should, old Mets dynasty. Well, they, I, I'm the one year they had amazing pitching yeah and you know especially the way the Dodgers have beefed up I mean look at the Padres they they have a lot of good young talent I mean their roster is loaded but I don't like if you told Padres fans right now that you'll get one World Series out of the next 10 years they'd absolutely take it right you'd think oh, yeah. so I mean that's yeah that's impressive enough itself it's and and i have multiple white Sox fans at trade deadline i'm getting calls facetimes text during every every single trade uh one in particular bailey shout out bailey for being the biggest asshole um oh shit yeah i don't it's it's a part of sports it's um dynasties you know they give built up that's the fun but they also get torn down and you know uh, the White Sox are enjoying theirs, but you know, you, it's not over until you win a championship. Oh yeah, you you need to win a championship to be successful. Bailey, God bless him, but he's acting like they've already won the fucking World Series and no, but they it's, haven't won a playoff. I'll series tell you what though, after yet. seeing like the awful crowds we've gotten over the years and just the hor the horrible lineups we put out and the poor management and just. All of that, and then seeing what it's become now, where you go on the weekend and it's just absolutely full. The energy is insane, unlike any other I've been at before. Um, it's crazy to see. I mean, we we left for me and my family left for the game at four. The game was at six. We didn't get there till like seven. It just it was absolutely packed. There's so many people going to the games. Yeah, it happens at Wrigley great to every see. week. It doesn't. <laughs> now the the Wrigley energy is just not the same. Um, I would I will debate that. I'm not even a Cubs fan. I will, but it, I yes. I just want to say, well, during when this when the trade deadline was coming to to an end last week during that Cubs Red series, I'm not even a Cubs fan, and I like still wanted to see them get last at bats. But at the same time, it's like. Brian and Rizzo both have at least some Rizzo for sure, and Bryant slightly have injury histories. Imagine if they go out there for last. Rizzo swings for the fences and hurts his back end. So I didn't know what to think. It's like 
I want these dudes to go out and get a last at bat. Yeah. But they were probably under strict orders. Like, yeah, these guys can't risk anything. So I, I, I get why they would have had to sit on that Thursday game. But at the same time, that's I, I couldn't come to a decision. Like, do I want them to get a last at bat? But it's also they could risk injury. So it's it, it would have been cool if they were out there for like a defensive inning. But at the same time, I also feel like that would have been cool. All right. So. so looking back across the whole league at the trade deadline, Everyone give me one winner and one loser from the trade deadline. I, I will start and we'll, we could go around like loser and winner first, whatever you want to do. By far, loser is the Rockies. How you don't sell on Trevor's story, I have no idea. I, I don't see him. I would be shocked if he goes back to Colorado after this season. I think everyone would be shocked. I mean, I know they're going to get an extended qualifying offer and get the draft pick, but it's like, I feel like whatever you were offered for a top shortstop would be more than what you're getting for a qualifying pick. I guess my my only reason is that they were either asking for too much or there was no market because a lot of teams in contention have a shortstop. That's my only thinking. I think it's well. The theory, I don't I don't get well how you don't sell there. The theory behind that is is that look for instance if the Reds traded for Trevor Story, and they get Trevor Story, and they extend the qualifying offer out to. Uh, uh, out to Trevor Story, and if he doesn't sign, they also get that uh, compensation first round pick. So the Rockies, I'm pretty sure, were trying to sell high because not only are they getting an elite shortstop, but they also potentially could be getting a first round pick. So, so I so you're you're it, it just seems like then the the asking price was probably too high, and that's more yeah. what it it'd be because it feels like over those last couple of days. We didn't even see because we saw like Rizzo was in talks with the with the Boston thing and Bryant was all, all these different teams. It was like I barely saw any rumors about the Trevor Rockies Story. being in talks yeah. with Trevor Story for anyone. That's true. So were they just not picking up the phone or? I I, I feel like that has to be the biggest loss because he's he's I know he's having a somewhat of a down year, but it's like elite shortstops get get a lot in return. My my biggest loser is the Seattle Mariners. Yeah, yeah that's got to be on the list. Seattle well. was, I mean, they're contending for a playoff spot still to right now, and they they trade their best closer, all star closer. That would be sure. demoralizing in the locker and without a doubt. They they trade him to their uh, rival, the Houston Astros, and they get you know a decent return. Toro's been great for them so far. Don't get me wrong, but it's. It's one of those situations where they have such a young core and such a good farm system. You need to start building towards the future and get these guys playoff experience so that when, you know, they're all ready to go out and compete for a World Series, they have that playoff experience and they're not just, you know, trying to piece it all together at once. When I, every, like, once a week when I see their record, it's like before they were like, just below five hundred, and then they climbed right over five hundred. Now today, they're seven games over. It, it's, it's. I mean, it's great to see for someone that hasn't been to the playoffs since what two thousand one, two thousand two, and they've they have so much young talent that they've cooped up from all these deals. To see it, they're like you can start to see the light at the end of the rebuild. Hopefully, they they I believe need some more work on starting pitching. Uh, what's his name? Logan Gilbert, I believe he's yep. a stud. Um. And they have they have plenty of offensive pieces if Jared Kelnick could figure it out. Obviously the the promise is there. So. Yeah. And and there's plenty of names that I'm not even mentioning. Yeah. But that's this is a team this is this is a team that's probably closer to what you thought the Royals were gonna be. 
Yeah. Than the Royals. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Easily. Colin, who's your biggest Hold leader? on real quick while we're talking about teams that are, like, seeing the light. And I know this. there's probably a lot of people that are also those out there. The Marlins are going to be really good in, like, two years. Yes. The, yes. The, Their pitching is crazy. The Marlins have so much pitching depth. It's not even funny. And they're, they're going to be – I know they made the playoffs last year, but that was really because of COVID. They're going to be really good in two years. Yes. All right. Um, since you guys mentioned probably the two biggest losers – Another loser, I'll go with. Well, the Padres are kind of losers just because of what the Dodgers were able to steal from them. They did get Adam Frazier, which is a nice pickup, and they got Marisnik. Um, another loser is the Red Sox for failure to acquire a pitcher. They did get yeah. Kyle Schwarber, but Rizzo as well. They, if they could, Rizzo for them would be yeah. a perfect fit. Yep, yeah. they let him slip to their rival. That's just another scenario where they let him get to their rivals. So, I see that as a loss for them. Um, a winner, maybe the Atlanta Braves. They did a great job of getting outfield pieces. Soler, Duvall, who else was it? Um, Jorge Polanco. No. Uh, Rosario, Rosario. and I get, Jock Peterson, too. For whatever reason, I get Jorge Polanco and Eddie Rosario confused. So uh, they, they did a nice job of revamping the outfield. Jorge Soler is great. I even, mean, though he, the, even though the, he's like, great on the surface, he like, the average us. isn't there. He's still a guy that's a great power hitter. Place, he yeah. had like 40 homers the other year. I mean, oh, he, yeah. he kills the White Sox, so I'm glad to see him out of the division. Um, I think that's an under-the-radar winner. Yeah, I mean, Richard Rodriguez as well at the back of the yep. bullpen. I mean, he's he's already pitched in a couple of games to them, and they've won three in a row. I know it was against the Cardinals, who walk everyone, as Alex Reyes did tonight. Oh, yeah. But if they can start to get going... The Mets. I am a firm hater of the Mets. I I think I've made my case, and I'm not a not a Mets guy. The Mets are about to play a really tough part of their schedule. They play, I believe, it's thirteen straight against the Dodgers and Padres. That's Phillies are hot. Braves are starting to get hot. So this could be good for the Braves. You talk about earlier teams that are going for it. I know the Braves probably aren't going for a championship, but you lose Ronald Acuna. They didn't have a whole lot of pitching. And to still be like, yeah, there's a window here for us to get in. If if you just get in, you're 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 a threat. So yeah. good for them. My my biggest winner, this might surprise you, um, the Minnesota Twins. Okay. The Minnesota oh, yeah. Twins. They got a, yeah. They they got uh, a bit back. Um, I mean, granted, you never trade with the Rays, but I do feel like trading a 41 year old DH. For anything is going to be a win, especially when you're rebuilding. They have no need for Nelson Cruz at this point, and they got you know something for him. That's happy. But the big one was the Barrios trade. They got two Huge of the Blue haul. Jays' top five prospects. Both of them, I think, are top one hundred prospects. I'm pretty sure. Um, one of them is like around twenty five, twenty three, somewhere in that area. Um, Austin Martin, E A. Great center fielder, potentially could be a five tool, could potentially be the replacement to Byron Buxton. Um, I think that was just great, a great job. They could have tried trading a couple other pieces like a Buxton, like a t- Trevor Ro- t- Tyler Rod- Tyler Rod- Tyler Rogers. He, the problem with he, he got hurt right before the deadline. Yeah, terrible timing. And then uh, Donaldson as well. Donaldson's a guy that yeah. they should have tried, but I mean, what they traded and got back for. Mm-hmm. Uh, great, great. How did they get? How did they get someone to take J. A. Happ? 
Yeah, that's it's the, the other one. It's the Cardinal. I don't get what the Cardinals The Cardinals took Jay, have John, John Lester. Lester. It makes no sense to me. And they gave up for Lester. They gave up Lane Thomas, who I yeah. knew is like a guy with some promise. Outfield, you can never have enough outfielders in your system. And they're, I mean, are they behind the Cubs in the standings still? They're, no, they're, the Cubs yeah. The Cubs are implementing what they're, could potentially be the greatest tank of all time. They're, I believe, around 10 behind the Brewers, and then, what, so three about back of the Reds. That's and, not good. Yeah, well, Card- Cardinals aren't making a playoff spot no. this season. I would put money on that. Um, I'm I'm going to go with a couple, like, smaller winners, not just, like, one big winner. A uh, couple teams in the ALS, Astros for adding bullpen help. You can never have enough bullpen pitchers. Their lineup is already insane, and they have good starters. They're talking about like they don't even, they even have a spot for Verlander when he comes back next year, whenever it is. But to add bullpen help is always fantastic. Athletics for getting Starling Marte. I know they give up a lot in Jesus Lazardo. Yeah. And that was it. That's a ton to give up for 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 a guy that could be a rental. But Marte so far looks fantastic. He looks great in the green. Like he just. Looks, I think anyone yes. looks good in those uniforms. He looks. I was totally from MLB Network said this yesterday when I was watching. Used the the Green Lantern nickname. I thought yeah. that was a great fit for for him. I know I full credit to MLB Network for that. And then one more like small like interesting winner. If the rumors are true, winner for the Rays for not giving up Glasnow for Chris Bryant. Yes. Because uh, even though he's yeah. gonna be out next year, I still think he's a stud. And if hopefully if he's able to rebound and put arm injuries aside, he'll be a part of that franchise for a while. So obviously we don't know if that's completely true. But according to the rumors, they were. Throwing out Glasnow on a deal for Bryant. Yeah. So that that's a win to hang on to a, an ace, even though he's not going to pitch this year or next year. Yep. Still a win. Any 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 other big trade deadline? I th- we we've covered most of it. I mean, I mean Gallo, yeah. Rizzo to the yeah. Yankees. Um, we didn't talk power. too much about Bryant to the Giants, well, just, but that was I a think, nice pickup, especially after what the Dodgers did. I think First just, place just to re- reiterate the Cubs, because I think obviously the biggest story of this trade deadline was the Cubs. You could make a case that this was the biggest sell-off in all of sports trade deadline history. They gave up everything but the kitchen sink. Actually, they might have given up that yeah. too. But, I mean, eight players were traded in t- within 24 hours of the trade deadline. It, it was crazy. It all, it all started with one Casper. <laughs> he he was the first one to go. He jumped ship, man. He jumped ship, but uh, yeah. I'm su- I'm surprised that Zach Davies made it through. I mean, oh yeah. It's funny that I don't obviously you don't know what the Cubs are gonna do, but it's like someone took Trevor Williams over Zach Davies. No offense to Trevor Williams, but he's not very good. Eh, he's been. Uh, you'd be surprised. You, you look at the numbers. He's been not terrible. Not yeah. as terrible as people are making out. But yeah. the Cubs. I, I, I'm excited uh, to see what these prospects do. We already had a top 15 uh, farm system going into this year. Now we have a top eight after the trade deadline. And then going into the offseason, we'll have a top five. Yeah. So this isn't a thing where it's 2008 to 2014 where we have It's going to be slow no building success. back up. It's it going to be quick. I, I mean, the thing is, even with our lineup, how it could look next year, we could, if depending on if they sign a couple guys in free agent, hopefully speed it up with a team that'll hopefully have cap space. You could you could sign a guy like Chris Bryant and maybe a starting pitcher in the uh, off season, and you can flirt with five hundred next year and yeah. just build up. Or do you would you would it be smarter to just 
give it one more year and then go all in on 2023. Well, it it rather than go for see. 500 next year. It, it's 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 tough. I, yeah. I I'm not sure. It, the market this off season is being very good, but I think it's also going to depend on what the rest of the NL Central does. As long as Castellanos goes back to the Reds, I don't care. Because, I mean, it, it appears that Milwaukee, Cincinnati, and potentially St. Louis will all be buyers. I would assume so. I mean, Milwaukee and Cincinnati both have a lot of young pieces. St. Louis is more on the older. I know Flaherty's pretty young, but Free or uh, Freeman, Goldschmidt, <laughs> and Arenado aren't the youngest in that's I, I feel like the Cardinals are... are well, Arenado's a free agent. Oh, he's, he's not... Yeah. Denise, he, he, uh, okay, so... Yeah. It's, the Cardinals are always buyers, though, so I I still think... I think the Reds are going to continue to get better because they, uh, they have pitching coming in Green and Lodolo. The Brewers, if they add anyone else to that lineup, which isn't very good, but is somehow at the same time also good. I know that makes no sense, but it's because they're cheating. Um... If the Brewers add on offense with that pitching, they'll compete for the next five years. So it's 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 going to take a little bit for the Cubs. But maybe by the time if if the Reds and Brewers don't pan out in the next couple of years, Cubs come up at that same time when they're on the decline. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, I think it's going to wrap up MLB trade deadline. Let's hop over to the NBA free agency. So we're, we're saving the MLB power rankings for later? Yes. Okay, fair yes. enough. Yes. All right, free agency, man. You take the way. Well, what a, what a great NBA free agency. Yeah, what a it great all week. kind of started. Uh, depends who you ask. What a great week for the fan of transactions. Oh yeah, I like. I almost like the NBA off season better than the actual season. It's it's so much drama, unnecessary drama, and just seeing everyone's reactions to it is awesome. We. Kind of, this all kind of started the week of the draft leading up to it because, you know, teams have these draft picks that they include in, that they want to intrude in, intrude, include in deals like the Lakers, uh, they had the 22nd pick and there was a lot of speculation over them trading that pick. Um, and you want to do that before the draft starts. So leading up to last Thursday's draft, the 29th, um, the Lakers were linked to Buddy Heald and Russell Westbrook. Originally, it was Buddy Heald, and Woj was reporting that the trade was almost done. It was about to go through. And then Shams comes out of nowhere and says, Westbrook is about to be headed to the Lakers. It's just absolute madness. Um, and this was the same day that we had the NBA draft. Kate Cunningham went number one. Uh, did you guys have any like draft takeaways? Any big... I'm gonna. I surprises. I, I, did not. Um, I think Wagner went high. Wagner. Wagner. To you, Donovan was at the draft. I was Suggs at the draft. Orlando you zoomed some nice. scouting. Huh? Suggs to Orlando yeah, was nice. Suggs do uh, Orlando. Orlando's a, a big winner. Orlando yes. had a great Suggs draft. and Wagner. I mean, I think Wagner might have won a few picks too high, but I yeah. still think it's a great fit for them. I think you can reach when you have two first round picks. Yeah, especially on the second one. Uh, the loser I saw in the lottery was the Warriors. I mean, they got Kaminga. He's a really nice talent, but he's still really... He's like 18 or 19. Would you have traded it if you were them? I don't know. I would have... I mean, if they were to keep the pick... Because they they explored trading it. They just... I mean, Bradley Beal wasn't on the market, and 
that's probably who they really wanted. But rather than going someone who's a little more pro-ready, like Davion Mitchell, they went with a Moses Moody. I don't completely understand that. But, you know, uh, they got a couple guys that are will be key for their future or maybe future assets for a trade piece. But, yeah, I don't want to focus too much on the draft, but the draft, we do want to acknowledge it. But the Lakers traded for Russell Westbrook. It kind of blew up the internet. Um, Westbrook's been a guy who, I mean, he won MVP in, I think, 2016. Uh, he got traded to Houston. And uh, then last year, going to Washington, that didn't go too well. He played well, but as a team, they weren't too good. They, they weren't well-rounded enough. They weren't well-rounded. And it wasn't a great fit. Now he's in L.A. with LeBron and Anthony Davis. I'm fired up about it. And the Lakers had a huge week. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, it's LeBron isn't happy about the response on fans from Twitter about the ages of the players they signed, but certainly old but very talented players. And if they manage the roster well and if they stay healthy, I think they're they're easily contenders to come out of the West, contenders in the finals. I still think the Nets at full strength are probably the best, but they. A team that, that got balanced in the first round made plenty of upgrades to ensure that that doesn't happen again unless for a big injury. Yeah, I mean, I hope... I mean, if if Anthony Davis isn't healthy, I mean, they virtually have no shot of beating the Brooklyn Nets. But now it seems as if we have a clear favorite in the East and a clear favorite in the West. The two teams we thought we'd see last year um, both kind of loaded up. The Nets kept Blake Griffin around. They signed Patty Mills. They kept Bruce Brown, a lot of their key role players. So the Nets, I think, overall had a solid offseason, just keeping that team intact. And the Lakers, just a complete roster turnover. They traded Westbrook. They traded for Westbrook. They gave up Kuzma and KCP, which are big losses for them, um, given that their shooting ability and their defense, KCP, especially KCP. Yeah, I was gonna say is even though Kuzma gets more talk and was the young, I think KCP was a bigger loss. But I I really liked bringing back Dwight Howard. Obviously, not the same player he was a decade ago, but he seemed like he thrived in his role in in Los Angeles. Yeah, he, and he was, was huge. Was he starting or coming off the bench behind Javale? Um. It, de- it went on the. It on the varied. It varied, um, depending on the series. I mean, they in the Houston series, he hardly played at all. But against Denver, he was huge. Um, getting Jokic in foul trouble was huge. Um, he played a big role against them. He played a big role against the Miami Heat. He was great for the Lakers in that playoff run. I think more effective than Javale was. So it's nice to see they brought him back. So, uh, given that they traded for Westbrook, they had to basically sign a lot of other guys to vet minimum deals. They're able to get a lot of older guys like Trevor Ariza, LeBron's buddy Carmelo, uh, Wayne Ellington, and a couple of younger guys like Malik Monk and Kendrick Nunn. And they were able to re-sign THT. So I think a very successful week for the Lakers. I just I can't wait to see the Shams or the... Uh... The Woj bomb midseason that the Lakers are pursuing guys like Mike Miller, Chris Anderson, James Jones, James Jones Richard, Jefferson, Richard Jefferson, Richard Jefferson, Ziltrunas, Ilgaskis, 
Mo Kendrick Williams. Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Dwayne Wade out of retirement. Yeah. Uh, they. It's just age. Age is the one thing that's keeping me away from liking this uh, Lakers team. I I've never been a fan of the you need more stars to win. I think with they they won with LeBron and AD. Okay, you need to build around LeBron and AD. You don't add another star, especially a guy that's kind of had problems sharing the spot like 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 Westbrook. Well, I I think with Westbrook and Colin mentioned this off air last night. I think Westbrook is going to be big. Obviously, he's going to be playing with LeBron and AD, but a guy that can play probably a little bit more, and I think is going to play a big role when especially LeBron is off the floor. Yeah. And I think that will make up for some of the, like, talk about guy, a ball-dominant player. If with with an older roster and Westbrook being the athletic well, specimen yeah, he is, I LeBron, think he'll thrive when he's LeBron's not, not 35 anymore coming off a three-month hiatus. He's 37, having to play a full regular season. You need a guy that, and this was their goal heading into the offseason, is just a guy that can be ball-dominant, that can – uh, move the ball around, a good playmaker that can also create his own shot when LeBron has to go to the bench. And they're able to do that. And you're right, I mean, star power isn't always the key. But Westbrook does solve a lot of the Lakers' issues. They were 22nd in transition offense last year compared to second in their championship season. Westbrook fixes that. Donovan just fell off his chair. I think, okay. he, was, I think he was blown away by that stat. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm, I'm just right. pulling stats out of my ass. Uh, and yeah, I, I think he solves a lot of the needs. He's a solid defender. Uh, the Lakers defense will not be number one in the league anymore. They lost a couple key defenders, but I mean, they finally have some shooting. They, you're right. They do have a lot of old guys, but I think old guys win championships. Yeah. You need some veterans. You need, you need some veterans. You don't need all veterans. You're right. But I mean, they still do have Anthony Davis in his prime. Russell Westbrook's only 32. LeBron, given his age, is still one of the best players in the league. Carmelo Anthony, yeah, he's like 37. So is Trevor Ariza. But Carmelo just shot 40% from three, and that was a big need. You need those wings, those bigger wings. And they were able to do that. And this isn't a long-term plan. I mean, all these guys are on one-year deals. They're just trying to win this year. They're just going one year at a time, and I like that. We could see another complete roster turnover next year. So let me ask you this. In late game, crucial situations, whether it's regular season, whether it's playoffs, less than, you know, four minutes left, who has the ball? LeBron. Uh, I, okay, Le- LeBron has the ball, but look to get Anthony. I think Westbrook is, is not an option unless LeBron and Anthony Davis are having... The key to this season for the Lakers is Anthony Davis. He's the X factor. If he can lead the team in scoring, if he can be the defensive monster that he is when healthy, uh, I think they have a serious shot at winning another championship. If AD can be that guy down the stretch in the playoffs, like he was in 2020, I think they're going to win it again. But given his health, I... And maybe the shape that he's in, I don't know yet if that's going to happen. It's just whether he's going to be that guy or that guy in street clubs. I'm just, I think Westbrook plays too similarly to like a, a younger LeBron. 
and I think LeBron still tries to channel his youth where they both are a lot better with the ball in their hands surrounded by shooters. And, you know, when you have LeBron, Westbrook, Anthony Davis on the court in late game situation, that leaves you two other shooters. Right. So, you know, take what you you can with that information. I, I'm not a big fan of this, um, how the roster's looking. Granted, I could be wrong. I honestly don't know shit about the NBA anymore. This is <laughs> this is 2014 logic going with uh, the 2021, 2022. Or no, wait. What? I don't even know. What fuck. Yeah, 2021, yeah, yes. 2022 NBA season. But we'll, we'll see. Um, All right. Uh, yeah, how about the Chicago Bulls? They had a huge offseason yeah. so far. They were able to – they didn't have a first-round draft pick because of the Nikola Vucevic trade, um, who was a very good player. They were also able to, when free agency first opened, a minute into it, they landed Lonzo Ball from the Pelicans. They were able to get a sign-and-trade for DeRozan where they virtually gave up nothing. And they were able to sign Caruso from the Lakers – who I mean, Lonzo and Caruso both great defensive guards. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. I like the pickups a lot for the Bulls. Huge first couple days for a team that hasn't competed in years, and in a big market like Chicago, they need the United Center packed with fans that are into it. For the last three years, it's been half empty stadium in the fourth quarter because the team's losing by thirty points. Zach Levine puts up thirty five, and the defense has not been the is, madhouse. Is not been there. Yeah, so they needed some days like this. Um, this could be a thing where in six months it looks absolutely terrible. If the team fails, it will look terrible because they're basically locked into this team now for a couple of years because very little they cap space left. Yes, so they're they're locked into this team. But I I think it's a team that can compete. It a a team that struggled on defense now has two really good defensive guards. You got scores and obviously Levine, DeRozan, Vucevic, and Lonzo upgraded his three point shot. Very, very much from where it was, oh, yeah. especially his rookie year in the NBA with that the form and, and the struggles that was there. So definitely took a step forward there, and you just love to see him continue to improve. I like Kobe White and a six-man off the bench more, especially if they use it more. In a shoot. If, if they want to have Lonzo and him both on the court when like maybe DeRozan is off, you can use Kobe White in more of a shooting guard role and maximize his three-point shooting. And instead of having him create his own shot, look for him more in a catch-and-shoot role because we know he can shoot the three ball. So I like his role there. Um, I love Patrick Williams developing. This is a well, I think, a much better roster now than it was a week ago, obviously. I think Billy Donovan has his faults, but at the same time is also a good coach to lead this team into the future. We'll see what happens with Laurie Markinen. I like him when he's on the court. I just don't like that he's hurt for 40 games out of every single season. There's been rumors about the Hornets in an offer sheet there. So it just depends the number and whether they feel or even have the space to match it. So that'll be interesting there. I think it's one of those where it's like you'd love to have him, but you don't want to pay a lot to keep him around. To one, I mean, he could probably start, but Patrick Williams is, is the future there. And especially you have another big man already, Vucevic. And he's just so prone to missing time. So yeah. it's, I don't, it's definitely a much better roster. I don't know if the market into the Hornets is a possibility anymore because the most handsome man in the NBA just signed with the Hornets, Aaron Kelly Oubre. Oh. I think Aaron Baines still in Toronto. No, he got he got he got released. No. He did. 
the Aaron Baines fan account. Someone's got to pick him up. Shout man. out Aaron Baines fan account. That's one of the um, greatest Twitter accounts. Uh, he was he was not happy. Man, I hope he goes to a contender or some playoff team. I know the Lakers need some old guys. I think. Yeah, let's get it. Let's <laughs> throw Aaron Baines as our fourteenth man. <laughs> um, I also want to say real quick that the Heat also had a very interesting and good off season. Um, interesting meaning that they signed Jimmy Butler to a five-year deal, um, where he's going to be making like an average of like 50 million a year, which is insane. At the back end of the deal. At the back end of the deal, the last couple years. So he's going to be like 35, 36, making 50 million a year, which is very interesting. But I mean, they got him locked up for the next couple years, which is key. They're able to land, um, Donovan loves his old guys. He, an older Kyle Lowry. He's like 36 now. Um, very good point guard. And a couple other guys. They were able to retain Oladipo. Um, they Duncan Robinson. Extended Duncan Robinson. I don't know where they got the cap space from. I know. But like, they're another team that's kind of, I guess, locked into this core. Well, it's a lot easier. move was smart to yeah. rebuild his value. For the minimum. It's a lot easier to re-sign guys that you already have because you have like their bird rights and stuff. Yeah. Um, and they got... P.J. Tucker from the Bucks and Markeith Morris from the Lakers. So I think they have a lot of nice pieces I, now. I love their starting five, especially against these these teams in the East, Bucks, Nets, who can go out and score a ton. It's just like when you have Bam, great defender, Jimmy, well-noted defender for his whole career. P.J. Tucker was the, I guess, supposed to be the KD stopper. He, he, he had a great playoff, so I'll just say that. So imagine that starting five, and it's I, I like it. Uh, are they are they final contenders? I don't know, but it's a very competitive team, to say the least. Well, I'll throw this out there: if Oladipo can get healthy and play at his all star form, this is oh they can win the East. I, I, I yeah, think, I think this is the team to beat. I think this is the final team. But I, mean, I don't think he will. We, I mean, you never know because if they if they run out a healthy five of Lowry, Oladipo, uh, uh Butler. Uh, Bam Adebayo, and then whoever. P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker. And then you bring Duncan, you bring Duncan Robinson. Robinson and Tower Hero off the bench. I know well, how much people hate Tower Hero, but he also, has value. are we going to see that Jimmy Butler we saw in the bubble? Are we going to see that Jimmy Butler again? That's probably the biggest part. I think he still has it in him. I mean, I'm rooting for the guy. He's a bull for life in my opinion, but I uh, – it, I mean, it's tough to tell. Cause he, yeah, he just had a rough, rough. Health, four health games. is everything in basketball. It is. Yep. If you're eighty percent. It could be the difference between a first round exit or a championship. Absolutely. So it's it's so hard to predict. All right, uh, winners and losers. I mean, we kind of already went. The teams we just talked about were pretty much the winners. Um, I mean, the Bucks and the Suns, the two teams that just made the finals. They didn't do a whole lot. I believe the Bucks lost Tucker. They were able to retain Bobby Portis, which is big, and they got George Hill. They also lost Bryn Forbes. The Suns, I believe, picked up. Um, I know they got at least Landry Shamit from the Nets. Brought back Chris Paul. Yeah, they re-signed Chris Paul. For a lot of money. They didn't really lose anything. So, And they got re-signed Cameron Payne, so... They were able to keep all their pieces. Yeah, Cameron Payne probably needs to fire his agent. He should have got more money. It than seemed he like did. his contract was a steal for the Suns. It was like three years, like I want to say nineteen. Nineteen million. Yeah. Like, come on, dude. 
Yeah, I, I know he wants to stay with Phoenix, it, but I would be willing to bet. I obviously I don't know. I'd be willing to bet some like terrible team like like Washington offered him more. He's like, I'd rather stay here and have my role here. But Chris, yeah, that. Chris Paul just got an, an absolute fortune, and campaign yeah. got pennies yeah. compared to that. So I, I we'll whatever. Be buying him dinner for the next couple years. Yeah. So, I mean, my losers for this uh, deadline or not deadline this off season so far. Won the Sixers because they basically straight up traded Dwight Howard for Andre Drummond and then the whole Ben Simmons drama. They haven't been able to trade him. Uh, ben reminded me that early today there's a report Ben Simmons cut off all communications with the Sixers. He's interested in going to the Warriors, but the Sixers are asking for like four first round picks, which is completely Simmons has unrealistic. No, no, he has no leverage to say where he wants to go or control that. And Philly is asking for far too much. So it's looking more likely that he's going to play in Philly next year. But, I mean, there the, the confusion there is just not good. Uh, Dennis Schroeder is probably the biggest loser of the offseason because, I mean, he hasn't even received interest from a single team yet. Imagine where the Lakers would be because they offered him an extension like early last 84 year. $84 million. Imagine where... One Schroeder would be, and the Lakers would be, had he signed that extension last offseason. Like, yeah. There's no Westbrook in L.A. right now. This guy scored zero in a playoffs game, and he's asking for $25 million in a season. Yeah. How? I, I can't comprehend it. The I guy mean, outperformed him the entire playoffs we just talked about, Cameron Payne. Cameron Payne outperformed Dennis Schroeder. I mean, it's, it's bad. I don't know where he thought he could ever make that kind of money anywhere but he's really struggling right now to find a place certainly not on the lakers and certainly it's looking like it's not going to be on a contender the pelicans are a loser because they let lonzo go and i mean there's reports zion may be unhappy a little bit there already uh and they i mean they just haven't done much to improve their roster so i have the pelicans as a loser my final loser is the Trailblazers because I feel like they've done a poor job of putting better pieces around Damian Lillard, especially with the That's rumors fair. going on with For him. That's fair. For sure. I mean, they uh, got bound. They got swept by the Nuggets. Was it without think, Jamal? No, I don't think they got swept. But it's Damian. No, no, no. It was a six game. Yeah. Without Jamal Murray, lost to the Nuggets. Well, okay, they had the MVP. Let's not forget okay, that. Okay, but. But it was still... It was a fully healthy Portland team. Yeah. It's just embarrassing, and they didn't really do anything to improve. So, there are my losers. My biggest loser is the Dallas Mavericks. You have a generational talent in Luka Doncic, and uh, you lose your coach. Rick Carlisle is a good coach. Don't get me wrong. He went to Indiana. Rick Carlisle has been there for a long time. Um, Who's their replacement? Was it Steve? Uh, Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd, yeah. 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 Jason Kidd, I mean, with the Bucks, he obviously had the drink spilling incident with the Nets. Classic. Um, and then Yeah. I don't know how that's gonna work out. I mean their their biggest thing was they need they kinda need a second star and Porzingis just isn't looking like he's that second star. No, they gotta give Lucas some help. And they they haven't gotten help, so is it a situation? They did resign Tim Hardaway Jr., which is nice. I, he's not a second star though. No, very nice role player he's, though. He's a, I think he's a 
good third option, a solid third option. Yeah. I, you, you need a second star. Give my man some hope. Big man for them. He, they, he lost to the Clippers in the playoffs. He gave it everything he had. And now he just got bounced by Nick Batum in the Olympics. He's having it rough. <laughs> All right, should we get on to what do we want to do now? Two-minute drill or the uh, say, you guys want to do your say, rankings? You know, let's just knock the rankings out of the way real quick. So we got some new we got some power rankings are you guys gonna do this every week or just every once in a while i think we i think we could we can depend on it because it i think it's gonna vary just because it could be the same five teams next week so okay so these bozos are putting together some mlb power rankings do we do, do we have a cool name for this yet um, we'll come up with a cool name no, just, for it. just currently untitled currently untitled top five mlb teams Post trade deadline instant Because Donovan is a big power rankings guy when it comes to our fantasy football leagues. He oh, puts yeah. together some stupid power rankings that stellar, everyone, stellar, that, power. some stellar power rankings that everyone disagrees with, and it's always funny. We give him a lot of shit for it. So they gave us the idea. Uh, we're, he's he's gonna him and Ben are putting together some MLB power rankings. And have you guys compared lists already? We no. have not. Okay, so it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be pretty controversial. Yeah. So we'll 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 each go through our five, and then after we'll we'll discuss. All right. So for this power ranking, I think we're gonna go uh, five to one. Yep. All right. So my number five ranking is the San Diego Padres. Okay. Uh, my number five, I'm going with the Milwaukee Brewers. Even though it's a team, I think it's slowed down. I right really? now we're doing power rankings in first week of August. Milwaukee Brewers. My number four spot. We'll go to the Southsiders, the Chicago You're, White Sox. I, really? I, yes. I, I wouldn't not, even have them top five. I don't have them top five currently. Really? Not, not right now. They just dropped like five of seven to Kansas City. I don't... Look, uh, they're a World Series team, contender, but they're struggling. Every team goes through struggles. So maybe right? I'm just a little confused with the criteria for the power rankings. So my, my power rankings, it's from... If we were to go one from 30, one is... As of right now, the team I think is going to win the championship okay. ranked all the way down. That's okay. how I use my okay. power. That's, so that's, that's a little different than what Ben's going for, it sounds yeah. like. Okay, so this this is good because that's we're cool. going to get yeah. two different viewpoints. Mine yeah. is more right now who's who are the who's on top. That's this is this is this is good. Who's though. hot right now? Yes. Mine is more mine is right now Donovan's is, is so, for the whole so year. So who do okay. you have it for? I had the Houston Astros at four. Okay. I like the Astros lineup is already very, very scary. They're in a battle right now with the, the Dodgers. Just completed a battle with the Dodgers where they took, I believe, the first game and then lost the second. But, that, yeah, Astros at four. Yep. My number three team is the San Francisco Giants. Okay. Newly acquired I, Chris Bryant. I put the Rays at three, who just had a huge sweep of the Red Sox. I think the the one problem with the Rays do they have enough starting pitching, especially after I know they lost Glass not a while ago, but it's it that's could be their downfall because they 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 certainly have have hitting. Yep, my number two team is the Houston Astros. I put the Dodgers at two. They obviously had the fantastic trade deadline. They Max Scherzer in his debut last night looks fantastic. Mookie Betts is playing second and playing great. And they are hot right now, and I without it, I almost put them at one because I think they can make a run at the division. I did put them at one. Okay, yeah. If I was doing, they're probably at World Series favorite right now because that roster is loaded, and they're only going to get healthier. Yep. 
So my number my number one is just because right now San Francisco Giants have the best record in baseball. This is a team, even though I'm gonna take the Dodgers as my World Series favorites, it's a team built to win in October because they have great pitching. I think like it's so there's a big I think there's a clear line between like the analytical manager and then the more like normal like Joe Madden type manager and Gabe Kapler even though for some teams did not work in Philadelphia is perfect for San Fran's roster with yep. the whole pitching and he's a dude that it's like they're facing a righty he will play the platoon matchup the second he leaves the game he's not afraid to burn his whole bench and swap him out which can come back to bite you but for that roster the way it's constructed and now it in a really great player like Chris Bryant who I guarantee he will use in all these different positions. Oh, yeah. He's, Gabe Kapler is a perfect manager for that roster. Oh, yeah. Horrible in Philly. Was not, not going to work there. But Finn, it's it's amazing night and day, his impact. And, it, and I'm glad he got a chance to manage here because it's analytical managers can be so hit or miss depending on the roster. Mm-hmm. And you could just see that it was never going to be a fit in Philly. But it's a great one here in in San Fran, and they're hot right now. I know they just played the Donbacks, not it's not like the biggest series ever, but they had a tough weekend series with Houston where they won a couple games, and now they're they're gonna have some big NL West battles. It's it's gonna be interesting to see where they hang on, but right now they with the best record in baseball. I'm just gonna have them at one. But I was very close, like you, with the Dodgers. Yep. So that's that's it'll be it's I will I don't think we. This will be weekly because I think we could have the exact same top five in here next week. But I, I, I think we'll do a, as we get closer we'll to the in. season, yeah. I, I like though that it's one perspective on overall the whole campaign, and then another is is right now where we're at. Yep. So that's all, all right. right. And let's get ready to wrap this up and do the final two minutes. Oh, two minute drill. Colin, our our last two minute drill. I told Donovan we managed it like Anthony Wynn in the fourth quarter. It was like 10 minutes long. I don't know how long this one's going to be. We'll, we'll just wait and see. We, gotta go. we just got to go quick. Got to go quick. Got to go quick. Two-minute drill. All right. First on the two-minute drill, I don't know if you guys care at all, but Kanye West supposed to release this new album, Donda, for like years now. Uh, and he's literally living inside the same Superdome. Mercedes-Benz yep. Or the Mercedes-Benz. What Atlanta, is he doing? Yeah. It's it's You're supposed to release it tonight at midnight. It's not out. What is going on? Um, we may Kanye's uh, albums post-breakup are always the best al- album, so I can't wait. He's, he's, div- he's a divorced man now. He's no longer with the Kardashians. I think this is going to be the greatest album of all time. Aaron Rodgers is back with the Packers. Um, I just saw a video of him today throwing a football from 70 yards out right into this little uh, pocket thing in the corner of the end zone. He's electric. The most talented quarterback of our generation is back. I know Ben isn't a big fan because he's a Vikings guy. I I mean, if as a Vikings team, they're going to have to compete with some great teams in the NFC. And to face Rodgers, I mean, gives you more, more, more chance to ready up your defense if you really think you're going to compete. Uh, Rodgers, back-to-back MVPs. Back-to-back MVPs. That's bold. You heard it here first. Bold. Uh, Joey Votto, Ben's guy, just homered in seven straight games. He's like 60 years old, but yep. he's the hottest man on the planet. That's that 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 sums it up perfectly. He's 37. He's gonna be 38 in just about a month or so, and he homered in seven straight. He missed eight straight by a matter of a foot. Would have been a home run in like 15 ballparks, but not City Field. Took a couple games off and then just homered again today. So he's like Collins said, like 60 years old and hitting bombs. I love it. 
Joey Votto ended the Cubs dynasty. Yep. I hate Canadians. Uh, speaking of Canadians and just countries as a whole, the Olympics are on right now. USA basketball, after a rough start, is back. They just defeated Australia, who beat them in the exhibition. They're headed to the gold medal game against France, who I think also beat USA a while back. We got, uh, what, Patty Mills and uh, Nick Batum. and well, are there, Is the U.S. going to come out with gold? I, I think they figure out a way. It, it didn't look promising after the first couple games. I think they find a way. Kevin Durant's been great for them. Drew Holiday and Zach Levine. Devin Booker. Showed up. Yeah, Devin Booker. So they, they, they found a way. Kevin Durant is no way about, like, no other player has done what he's done for that team but yeah i've always been a fan of baguettes croissants and french fries but this is the land of the free and the home of the brave usa usa we just got a damn ad in our nfl primetime music this, you can never this, trust youtube this doesn't cut into our two minutes by the way i think we've gone well over the two minutes i don't know i don't know man it's it's okay this isn't a all right go back podcast. back back football's back as of tonight i feel like i'm chris berman right now um, we had Steelers and Cowboys. Did you guys watch any of this game? I watched Micah Parsons force a fumble. Garrett Gilbert was throwing to back up tight ends, and there was like two touchdowns. You love to see Maybe it. Maybe it was sixteen to three. So Hall of Fame game is the official start of football season that no one gives a flying it's, fuck it's about. It's the start of football season <laughs> and the signal of the end of summer. When I hear the Hall of Fame game, I think school starting, and that's exactly not what I want to think when I have to go watch. Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. So we got Dwayne Haskins, I t- I Mike McCarthy, in. Najee Harris, Garrett Gilbert. What more could they ask for? I tuned in for the Peyton Manning interview because I love Peyton Manning in a microphone. <laughs> um, what else? I think that about wraps yep. it up. Anything else you That's, guys can think we, of? We we we. Uh, if we want to keep the segment short, let's let's wrap it up. All right. Um, Colin Coward released uh, his uh, herd hierarchy. I thought it was dog shit, so I created my own. Uh, I'm starting off with number one. The Buccaneers are the best team in football. Number two, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. The two teams that are in the Super Bowl are still top two. They both had good off seasons. They retained a lot of their pieces. The Buffalo Bills DP's team are number three. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, that offense is loaded. I think the defense is going to be a little better this year. Do you agree? Yes. All right, it they're number three There's right now. I think they're the top competitor in the AFC to the Chiefs. Number four, now that Rodgers is back, Adams is back. I have the Packers at number four. I still think they're really good, and I think they're the second-best team in the NFC still. Uh, number five, Cleveland Browns. Fantastic the Browns have, offseason yeah, again. They have a great offseason. OBJ's back. They have the best offensive line in football. Uh, Cleveland Steamers. Nick Chubb extension. Cleveland Steamers. The dog pound. Cleveland's going to be absolutely insane this year. Uh, number six, their rivals, the Baltimore Ravens. I think the Cleveland's going to be a little bit better as of now. I think they're going to win the division. I got Baltimore second. Lamar Jackson and crew will be back. Seven, LA Rams, Matt Stafford. A lot of people are sleeping on him. I think they have a legit chance to make the Super Bowl this year after uh, losing it a few years back to Tom. I think the Rams have a chance to get some revenge this season. Number eight, I don't. is this even primetime music? We've... I mean, if we're we're we've moved I'm skipping ahead. Just, 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 yeah. just, just roll with it. Oh yeah, this is a good one. Number eight, Seattle Seahawks. As long as Russell Wilson's there, they're going to be in the top ten. They're going to be right there with the Rams to win this division, along with the 49ers, who I have at nine. 
49ers have a great roster, great defense. Questions at quarterback, though. They're going to be more healthy this year. They're going to be back in the playoff picture. Uh, when is Trey Lance going to come in? I don't know. After the bye week. Is Jimmy G still dating a porn star? I don't know. Good for him. Good for him. Uh, Ten. Miami Dolphins round out the top ten. I had the Colts in here, but too many injuries. I'm sorry for the Colts fans. Carson Wentz out five to 12 weeks. Quentin Nelson out five to 12 weeks. They had the fall. Dolphins move in. Xavier Howard requested a trade. I don't know what the hell is going on with that. We haven't heard any updates, but Dolphins have a great defense. Brian Flores, Tua Tagovailoa. They had a good offseason as well. Good draft. Honorable mentions, the Colts, as I just mentioned, and the Titans, who picked up Julio Jones in the offseason. Still have Derrick Henry. He's going to rush for 2,000-plus yards again this year. It's going to be the first to ever go back-to-back 2,000-plus yards, despite an 18-game season. And, yeah, their offense is loaded. Defense sucks. That's why they're right outside the top 10. All right. What a, what a fantastic Do you have thing. any objections to my list? Um, I do think the Titans should be in the top 10. You think they should be in the top 10? Yeah. I, yeah, I... They, I think if the Titans fine. can show improvement on defense, I'm not worried about their offense. I, I, I don't even think it has anything with their defense. They have, I think, the best wide receiver duo in all football. Um, and then you add the fact that they have the best running back in all football on top of the fact that Ryan Tannehill, when healthy, is not a bad quarterback. No. And, you know, having that supporting cast will only help. I, I, I think they can outscore any team in the league, except maybe the Chiefs. I'm I'm glad you didn't have the Chargers in there because as you guys know I am oh yeah I am not on the a lot of teams have the Chargers up there I don't think the Chargers are bad I just think they're being overrated heading into the season I like their their new coach who was very good with the Rams I just think that's not going to fix a lot of problems I don't think a new coach and Derwin James maybe being healthy which he never is but I don't think that's is I think Justin Herbert's fantastic. Yeah. I just don't. Chargers aren't there, though. And you know what? Yeah. This The Chargers are the whole reason I decided to uh, throw this segment yeah. in there. The Hansel hierarchy exists because of the Chargers, because Cowherd decided to throw them at number seven. Yeah. I don't understand it. Why are they ahead of the Rams and the 49ers? I, I couldn't tell you. Um, but this whole segment is supposed to be me shitting on Kyle, Colin Cowherd. So he has the Chargers at seven. He has the Colts at eight. Both bad picks, in my opinion. He also has the Seahawks all the way up at four because he sucks off Russell Wilson. Yes. Uh, Russell Wilson is great. The Seahawks are not great. They're Seahawks, not a top four team. Seahawks are a top four team in September. Yeah. When when it comes down to it, though, I like LA better. That's fair. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll definitely talk more about football. Yeah, we're coming getting, up we're soon. There. Oh, but, especially with we're moving into fantasy. A quick note: Donovan bought a fantasy magazine this year, and it still will not stop him from reaching. On some running back in the sixth round. Come on, Another man! Fiction. I just had you to. You don't gotta call me out like that before we end the episode. So He's I'm looking forward to going over going over fantasy teams. We're drafting early because of school this year. It's a big risk with preseason and guys getting hurt. But oh, we'll, we'll have a roster. lot of fun fantasy. I'm gonna uh, defend my crown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though he didn't. Coming want out, to coming out of retirement to defend my crown because I got bullied into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Uh, I think this is a great ending point for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Once again, like, share, comment. Let everyone know about this podcast. Follow the Twitter. Follow Twitter. Follow TikTok. You know, we want to be engaged with the fans. We'll reach out. We're going to start live streaming soon. We're putting out more of these. Season 2 is coming out. Let us know what we can improve on.
And we can't wait for you guys to join the ride with us. It's going to wrap up today's episode. We will see you guys in the next one.